Hey everyone, this is Tom Salami. Welcome back to the MedTech Talk podcast. It's the evening of June 1st. The MedTech conference ended just a few hours ago. I'm still buzzing a bit here in my hotel room. Very excited about the day's outcome. We had over 300 people at the MedTech conference. Really, really strong year. We're very, very grateful to everyone who attended. And we really believe there was something for everyone in this year's agenda. We had terrific keynote addresses by Mike Mahoney of Boston Scientific and Joe Almeida of Baxter International. They uh, they were interviewed skillfully by our co-chairs, Kevin Hikes and Stacey Enzing-Seng. And uh, they really provided a strong foundation for the rest of the day. We talked fundraising. We talked FDA. We talked reimbursement. We covered everything, including uh, I thought a thoughtful panel at the end of the day that just spoke to some of the uh, the leading entrepreneurs in medtech about why they continue to innovate, why they continue to create companies. So once again, there was something for everyone, and we will be sending it your way. We've of course uh, we'll, we're covering the event. We've recorded the entire thing. I did uh, many side interviews with uh, with our panelists and other uh, other esteemed guests, and we'll be getting those uh, interviews and thoughts out to you ASAP. In fact, we're starting today uh, with an interview that I did with Joe Almeida after his keynote address. He and I sat down for a few minutes to talk about innovation, what it means for big companies, and what leaders of larger companies can do to restore an innovative spirit if it is lacking. So very grateful to have the time with uh, with Joe Almeida, and uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. So we will be running the video and the audio in this week's MedTech Talk newsletter. So you'll get the audio in the podcast. The video will be in the newsletter. If you are not receiving the newsletter, just go to healthag.com. It's the word health followed by the letters E-G-Y.com. And you can sign up for the MedTech Talk newsletter. You'll get videos and podcasts sent directly to your inbox, and it will cost you absolutely nothing. So do that if you haven't already. If you have, then you'll be getting this great content coming directly to you and uh, a lot more where that is coming from. We're going to begin uh, uh, sifting through our, our digital piles of great stuff and uh, and sending it your way. So once again, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who attended. Thank you to our terrific sponsors. Thank you to our uh, great co-chairs, Kevin Hikes and Stacey Enzing-Seng, and our advisory board, and uh, everyone who stepped up to be a panelist and, and to really contribute to the day's success. I, uh, I could not be more grateful that, uh, that the folks who were in attendance we're very happy with with the final product. We received lots of uh, lots of great reviews, and if you did attend and you downloaded the app, please, 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 as Stacey Enzing said, saying said at the end of the conference, take a few minutes to uh, to offer your thoughts about what li- what you'd like to see next year. We try to make each year better than the last, and with your input, it's uh, it's a lot easier task. So now let's get into this great conversation again I had with Joe Almeida. He is the president, CEO, and chairman of Baxter International. Well, Joe Almeida, thank you for joining us. Thank you. 
It's a pleasure to have you at the conference. You touched upon your, your, this in your talk with uh, Stacey Enzing Seng about innovation at Baxter and innovation at larger companies in general. We talk about innovation. Generally, we're talking about smaller companies creating technology. What does innovation mean to a larger company like Baxter? Innovation is not about just creating the new product or, or creating a um, technology, uh, but it's about creating a solution that is cost-effective to the payer, to the clinician, and clinically effective to the patient. That can be in form of a service, a product, or a combination of both mm -hmm. of them. So in a company like Baxter, we look for the ability to fulfill our mission of saving and sustaining lives by delivering, de delivering innovation that will count in terms of relieving the world of end-stage renal diseases, which is a, a disease that is no cure other than transplants or ability to produce technology to make the lives of these patients more productive is it makes a very large difference in their lives. So innovating in the aspect and making a solution for them, which is technology as well as logistics, as well as accessibility, it is very important to us. So is innovation a holistic mindset? Uh, can you innovate externally with new products but not be innovative with your own internal sort of operations? Or do you need to be innovative across the board to really success, to be successful at innovation? Innovation is state of mind. Mm -hmm. It's the ability to understand the unmet needs, the needs of the folks who will be using, applying, or paying for the product, and coming up with solutions internally or externally. So being open-minded about where it comes from is fundamentally important instead of focusing sometimes on programs in-house they may not have the right answer to the problem. So the ability to scout the world for the solutions is paramount. The second thing is thinking about how to obtain the solutions is never an easy thing. So ability to fail and be accepted, fail fast and fail forward, mm -hmm. is key to innovation. Because if you want the right thing all the time and the projects to finish all the way you plan at the cost you plan, meaning you're not taking enough risk. So risk equals failure. The more risks, the more failure, the more learnings. So what is, that's a great point, and it's something that's been said before, that you have to teach people to not be afraid to fail. But what is a good failure when you see someone f fail, but you see it as a positive sign that they're innovative? How do you know it's a good failure? A good failure is an early failure. Mm -hmm. uh, late failure is not very good, meaning you did not understand the assumption changes in the market or with your own technology or with your own ability to make it, and you insisted down a path that you probably knew was not going to work, but the corporation forces you to go down that path because failure is not accepted. Interesting. So it's a cultural thing more than anything else. And I'm telling you, it's the most difficult thing to address. And you can look at every research, every survey of large companies. Um, failure is always a sticking point of something not embraced and difficult to accept. How do you, going into a company like Baxter, how do you diagnose 
the culture? How do you know that we need to do something about innovation? Simply just look how many successful products they had launched in mm-hmm. the last five years. Yeah, that's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> and then you say, why? And you start asking why three, four, five times, and you get to the point that you say, okay, we're not taking enough risk, or we're putting so many barriers to get to the result that people shy away from engaging it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes solutions are complex, but implementation is not. And we create so many barriers for people to implement things that people give up halfway through. It's not economically feasible or the clinical is too complex. The endpoints do not be there instead of just trying to resolve that problem. That's sometimes the reason why external innovation, when people are focused 24-7 on one problem and addressing that problem more effective, can be very beneficial for a big company to bring that in. But also, you've got to be able to absorb that technology so the culture inside the company is still dictating your ability to innovate. No matter what you do, even if you buy the product on the outside, you still have the hurdles of finishing up inside and launching inside the company. So how do you undo that? How do you teach innovation to a large company? Or you, encourage it? You address extensive process barriers, which usually are stage gates with too many gates. Mm -hmm. You create phases in early development where multiple ideas are filtered through and killed fast. And and, an incubation of those ideas, when you have one that works, you accelerate to the process. It's not an easy thing. you got to get few champions within the company because the whole thing is not about the top of the house. You can give the right message the middle of the company where things get really difficult if people don't buy into it. If they buy into it, they will do it. And sometimes you do with the people you have. Sometimes you have to bring people from the outside to be able to uh, thaw that the frozen middle. Does innovation look the same at different companies? The innovative culture you had at, at Covidian can you replicate that at a Baxter, or does it need to take its own shape because it's its own entity with its own people? Even at Covidian, the, the innovation capability varied tremendously amongst divisions. And that was all, because the company grew mostly through acquisitions. The cultures were very diverse. Mm-hmm. So you had cultures of a company in one of our divisions in Colorado. Uh, our energy division was extremely innovative. The division down in Irvine for neurovascular, extremely diverse. So when you look at Baxter, the same thing. We have pockets of innovation where things really move well in some pockets where we haven't launched the product in two years, in three years. So it is mixing people, bring some from the outside, bring people who have that ability. It's like, you know, seating a garden. You've got to have the good seeds. You've got to have good uh, process to create, bring those ideas, incubate and bring them to market. But don't forget, strategy and capital allocation also matters. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't provide with the resources to complete something, you're never going to get anything done. So when you fund a project, and the word that I hate to hear is pay as you go, never works. Because you, if you have a project that you incubated and one idea is going to move through and you know that is going to have an unmet need uh, um, uh, address, it is a good process. How do you get through? 
you fund the program to the end, mm -hmm. including the expensive clinical trials, if it's a PMA, if it's a phase one, two, and three drug application, whatever it is, take the risk to put the money aside to fund it. What most companies sometimes do, they just go in and fund a portion of it. And then another portion gets. So you create so many gates, the project starts and stops. So you also lose uh, human capital in the process because people got disillusioned. So I found a little bit of that at Baxter, which now has been addressed and mm -hmm. has been addressed by putting really competent people looking at this and putting the resources behind it. We just had a great case of a dialyzer that has phenomenal performance, but we launched without any clinical trials. We just regrouped put 20 to $25 million behind it, and we're going to now have uh, bursts of, of evidence coming out and, and showing to payers how good that is and showing the FDA and other agencies that this is a product in its own category. But you've got to have people who have the vision and the appetite to bring funding into a whole program. Do you need to fix things in-house innovation-wise, establish that innovative culture in-house before you look externally to bring in innovative products, to, to buy smaller products that are going to become incorporated in part of Baxter? Theoretically, you should not do things in, in, in series. Mm -hmm. You should launch parallel efforts. In practice, you've got to establish a good strategic direction. You've got to then do your capital allocation. Where are you going to double the investment, what things you're going to take the investments down, what are the things you need technology from the outside. So in the beginning, it's going to take a little bit for this to get to a point where you have now races going on in parallel. But always think parallel processes never in series. So if you think about doing everything perfectly in series, it is going to take way too long. Mm -hmm. So also I have a say that in strategy is 10% of the conversation. 90% is execution. So you can stay, you stay for a little bit in the, in, 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 the, in the strategy penalty box, getting that thing done, but then you've got to get out and go play the game. And final question, where are you in instilling this, uh, an innovative culture in Baxter in sort of related? Is it ever finished? Can you ever no. say we're innovative enough? Because <laughs> that's not innovative but to even say that statement. Uh, I, there's no end to it. Yeah. It's a journey. As I say, you know, even better if you use a cricket, because I didn't know if most people don't know, cricket is not a one-day game or a three-hour game. It is a four- or five-day game. So I would say I'm still in the day one. Day one. And, and I would challenge people who think that they arrived. There is no arrival point. It's like, uh, it's like the Dale Earnhardt. You, you do once, you go again and do it again <laughs> and keep doing until you get better. Um, and remember, a company is a learning institution. And every mistake you made should be learned profusely by the company, absorbed and deployed uh, horizontally for better use of their times and monies and everything else. So you're never done. If sure. somebody says they're done, they're done. <laughs> well, great insights. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right, well, that is a wrap. Joel Almeida, it was a true pleasure to have you at the MedTech Conference, and thank you for taking the time to sit down with me to talk about restoring the innovation culture at Baxter. I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, MedTech Conference attendees. Again, it was a terrific show. Uh, I'm happy to report 
that uh, we have a new co-chair for next year. Just to explain how things work at the MedTech Conference, uh, we rely upon industry to, to sort of guide the way. We certainly provide a lot of support services and some leadership when we can, but we really want uh, folks in the industry to direct our content. So each year we have two co-chairs, and they serve two-year terms, and uh, they're alternating. So Kevin Hikes has completed his two-year sentence, and he is now a free man. He'll remain on our advisory board. But uh, Stacey Enzing Seng is the remaining co-chair, and she'll be joined next year by Leslie Trigg, CEO of Outset Medical. So uh, I'm happy to report that we've already had some conversations about what we can do next year to make things better. And uh, we ask anyone who attended the MedTech conference to fill out the survey in your app. You can still download the app, I believe, so you can do this. And uh, that information will help us build a better conference for next year. So please do do that. Uh, Now let's get back to the normal stuff. Thanks, podcast listeners, for joining us. Thank you particularly to those folks who took time at the conference to say they listened to the podcast and uh, and left rankings. It, uh, It was wonderful to uh, meet the people on the other side of the, the microphone so to speak and uh, i really enjoyed uh really was was grateful and gratified by your uh supportive comments so thank you for listening do tell your friends the more ears the better do feel free to keep in touch uh, just email me at tom at healthigy.com it's the word health followed by the letters egy.com let me know who we should talk to let me know what we should talk about And finally, again, thank you, MedTech Conference attendees. Thank you to our co-chairs, our advisory board, every one of our panelists and moderators. It was a terrific day. Very happy to share it with you and look forward to building an even better conference next year. 